The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Welcome to the New England Society of Geeks podcast. I am your host, Derek. And we're going to start off this new year with an edition of the, the Monthly, Monthly Comics, Comics cast, cast. Which, of course, means that I have with me the cosmic comic guru himself, Dario. What's up, Dario? Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. And... It wouldn't be a comics cast without the world's greatest sidekick, Paul. What's up, Paul? Happy New Year, everybody. And Derek. Oh, yeah, (laughs) and Derek. Sorry about that. Yeah, thanks. So, it's been a little while since we've recorded, but that's okay. How have you guys been? Did you you have a nice holiday and all? Yeah, I was very busy. Mm. Lots of stuff going on. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's good. Right here, you got a VR headset. I did. I got the Oculus Quest 2 for Christmas. Is it cool? It is very cool. I have downloaded Vader Immortal. I mean, you, my biggest question is, I, did you get the Vader game? I did, but I haven't played it yet. What? I haven't had a chance to yet. Probably, I think I might tomorrow, because we're supposed to, it's supposed to be a crappy day tomorrow, so I might do some Vadering. I can't wait to play it. But yeah, it's really, it's cool, it's well, fun. Beat Saber, have you played Beat Saber? I have, yes. People say that game is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Um, of course, not my favorite music genres, but that's okay, it's still a lot of fun. You there's, break anything in your house yet? No, not yet. There's a, um, <laughs> there's a drumming game, too, that's supposed to, you know, have, like, more rock music to it that I want to try. Um, that's cool. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. My wife and I are enjoying it, and uh, yeah, I'll let you know how the Vader game is. I am, yeah. I, I'm giddy to play that game. The one video that you that you posted of Nancy playing it was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I was waiting for her to take up the Christmas tree. So that Nancy, my wife. So that day, I so at that moment I was doing the dishes. Um, and I'm sitting there in the kitchen doing the dishes, and I had I had like one head one ear phone in my ear listening to a podcast, and um, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's really quiet out in the house right now. What's going on? So I'm like, I shut off my podcast and I'm listening. And there's no no. I expected to hear the TV or something, whatever. So I walk into the kit into the living room, and I see my wife playing the Oculus. Uh, I don't remember what she was playing, but anyway, so I pulled out my phone and uh, started recording her for a little bit without her knowing. (laughs) (laughs) And then I started laughing and she realized I was there. So she stopped playing, but she's the one. She is the one who told me to post it on Facebook. So, (laughs) but yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty funny. 
Did you guys get anything cool for the holidays? I bought myself some comics, and I've always wanted to learn how to play the piano, so I bought myself a piano. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm already I'm already a month and a half in the in the in the lessons. So, did you get so you got one of those you know, toy pianos that the kids play with? The little teeny teeny one that ding 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 got like six <laughs> oh, keys on it. Yeah, yeah. Turn it. <laughs> you call him Schroeder from the peanut. <laughs> for playing, I mean, that's my one of my songs I want to play. So you gotta use that to try to pick up a woman. We'll see. I can't pick up the piano on my song. Um, <laughs> good. So then we can expect to uh, hear you play us a little concert in in one of our future episodes. All right. <laughs> Probably not for about six months or so, but I will. <clears throat> the concert will be dun 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> You can play us a new uh, theme song. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get into it, shall we? And of course, that means we're going to start with our first segment, which is our review segment. And to begin that, I have a little introduction into our review system. Here we go. Warning, warning, warning. We here at the Monthly Comics Cast have our own special rating system based on the greatest weapon in all of comicdom, the Infinity Gauntlet. Starting with Zero, which be, would be a completely empty and useless gauntlet, going through the various stones, one through six, finished off by the greatest rating you could possibly get, a full infinity gauntlet. And of course, that would make four stones about average. So there you have it. Oh, and one more thing. We're probably going to spoil some things during our reviews. So uh, just make sure you keep that in mind. And if you don't want anything spoiled before you read the comic, then... uh... Oh, spoiler alert. And there you have it. That's a little rundown of our review system. Now, with that being said, let's get to it, shall we? And I'm going to start off the reviews with uh, nothing, because I got I got nothing. (laughs) I didn't. Do you read comics? I got. I got. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Not lately. (laughs) I've been too busy. It's very hard to sometimes find time to read anything anymore. I'm lucky to be. The stuff I've been reading, so. But my when was New the Year- last time you read? Be watching. My New Year's resolution is to fully get back into reading comics, and you know how resolutions go. But anyway, so I got nothing. What? Who? Who would like to go first? Well, I got, uh, Paul, do you want to go? Or do you want me to go? I ain't got nothing. So it's got nothing. You got n- just me. You got nothing. I'm a one. I'm a, I'm a, it's this is a. Wow. Uh, one hey, trick pony show? I work at Walmart during Christmas. You do the math. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was in Walmart today. It was a madhouse. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, me too. Believe it. Walked in, I was like, oh my God, so many people here. I know. So like I said, a couple of those books that you reviewed, I can chime in because I read those. All right. Sounds good. All right. So let's start. Let's see. Do, uh, we'll, start with, we'll start with Kang. So the first thing I read is from Marvel Comics. It came out, it's a mini-series, it was a five-issue mini-series, I'm only on issue three, and it's called Kang the Conqueror. So I wanted to read it because I kind of like Kang, 
Kang. Um, I never thought he was great as far as a Marvel villain goes, but he's obviously being used in the cinematic universe. And right. whenever they do something with bringing in a character from the cinematic universe, I want to. They always have to promote him in the comic world too, so I'm kind of keeping up with what they're doing with him. So, uh, is this going to be so, a review of one, two, and three, or? Yeah, I'm just I'm going to talk about issues one, two, and three. All right, cool. And I'm not going to do too deep of a dive. I'm just going to give my general thoughts on each issue and kind of what I, where I think it's going. Mm-hmm. So let's see. I'll read the intro for the book. The book says, A man called Kang the Conqueror has been a pharaoh, a villain, a warlord of the spaceways, and even on rare occasions a hero. Across all timelines, one fact seemed absolute. Time means nothing to Kang the Conqueror. But what if that was a lie? And then each one is Kang the Conqueror in whatever the title of the book is. Um, so it starts out with very young Nathan Richards, Nathaniel Richards, Nathaniel Richards, who was Kang, living in the far future, discontent with what's going on. He had very recently discovered the library of Dr. Doom and was sneaking off to go study that stuff. And while he's at the library of Doom, a bazillion-year-old Doombot activates and I decides like, to attack him. I like the sound of that. I the like- library of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doom's Doom's like obsession with his own name is like so evident in this book because he appears later on in the book. Not this, not this issue, but he appears in issue three. Mm. And he's got a, a laser gun that whenever he fires it, it says Doom. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> What's that? That leads to a question. If Doom was in DC and he used he used one of the new god um portals, the It'd be a Doom tube. <laughs> It'd be a Doom tube. Yes. <laughs> it's obvious. All right, so love it. while he's fighting off the um the robot version of Doctor Doom, um, uh, adult Kang, or apparently it's hard to tell, Kang's fluid in time, right? So it could be any time. So I'm assuming present day Kang shows up or future Kang shows up and saves younger version of himself. Then they get this whole big conversation. Older Kang reveals his identity because he's wearing his full garb. He takes his helmet off. He reveals his identity to to, to young Nathaniel Richards and says, come with me. I'm going to teach you everything you need to know to be the conqueror you need to be. So they go to the beginning of time. And a lot of it is uh, just dialogue of, of Kang kind of like telling him about things that are going to happen. Uh, who he's going to fight, and and ultimately what the what the issue he's trying to convey is that he shouldn't rely or or um, or like need anybody to just focus on his mission. And Kang, Kang apparently adult Kang gets drunk a lot, and <laughs> so when he gets drunk, he starts remembering his his old girlfriend Ravona, oh, and boy. so young Kang decides to go figure out who this chick is. And he finds out that she dies in front of him. And then that's why adult Kang is so fixated on trying to maybe save her. I don't, I don't know. Um, but young Kang at the end of issue one takes a copy of Kang's time suit, takes off and decides he's not going to follow the ways of old Kang. And he's going to just do his own thing. Um, I felt like in issue one, I didn't need to read this whole thing. In fact, I got to a point where I just kind of was like, uh, I, I just breeze this page because it's just – He's just saying the same thing over and over again. So um, let me hit the credits of this book real quick here. So Jack Jackson Lansing and Colin 
Colin Kelly and a writers. Carlos Magno is the artist, who I like a lot. Very good artist. Um, Espin Grunktagen. Grunk I apologize. I said that probably terribly wrong. Is a color artist. Uh, a regular letterer. BC, BC's Joe Car- Caramaga is a regular uh, letterer. Yep. And um, then there's various cover artists. So pluses to this particular book. Art's really good. And as you as you're gonna find out as I go through issues two and three real quick, is it's it's really just kind of retelling the origin of Kang. I mean, young Kang meets old Kang. They go to the beginning of time. Right. Uh, young Kang t- takes the suit and takes off. So the next thing he does is he lands in ancient Egypt in issue two, and he has to encounter Rama Tut. And if you know anything about Kang, the convoluted history of Kang, he was Rama Tut. He was the Crimson. Oh, the Crimson what? Paul. What was his name? Crimson. Anyway, he was, uh, he, he was another guy called the Crimson something or other. I'll find it because it's in this issue. And then he's Iron Lad. And then he's been multiple identities. Uh, um, yes, Iron Lad. And he's five or six of them. What's that? He's got like five or six. Uh, yeah, he's been, he's been so many different identities. Right. So in this issue, he's in ancient Egypt. He meets Ravona, uh, Ravona Renslayer, who, as we find out in this issue, and I think this is really cool, Ravona was the first Moon Knight because she's in ancient Egypt, like fighting around the Tut's forces. And she's basically Moon Knight. She has been given a mission by the Moon God. Uh, what's this? What's the. Um, yeah. Khonshu. So she teams up with young Kang. They fall in love. And that's the beginning of that. Um, so the whole thing goes through Kang kidnaps and apparently old Kang, excuse me, Rama Tut kidnaps and apparently kills Ravona. Forces young Kang to become uh, the crimson per- person that he becomes. I can't remember the name. Oh, Scarlet Centurion. I think it's a Scarlet Centurion. So he becomes a Scarlet Centurion to fight on behalf of Ramatut. And then the Fantastic Four show up and defeat Ramatut, just like they did back in the 60s when they wrote that story. Move on to issue three. Kent young Kang goes to, who does he go to? He goes to Apocalypse, who, this is one of the things I like about this, is they're inserting cool stuff in the Kang's history, like, the first, say, the yeah. first, the first appearance of a Moon Knight. Uh, the fact that Rama Tite was having an active war with uh, Apocalypse in ancient Egypt, I think, is kind of cool too. Mm. So Young Kang goes um, to Apocalypse and says, "Listen, I need, I need to get what's that." I was just going to say, just just to interrupt for a quick second. Um, King's mm-hmm. notable aliases are, as you said, Iron Lad, Rama Tite. Victor Timely, Scarlet Centurion, Immortus, Kang, the Conglomerator, and Mr. Griffin. There's a really, really cool song by a by a group called Ooklinamuk. Ooklinamuk. Um, oh, nice. I'm okay. And uh, they do a song called Everybody's Kang. It's amazing. It's the best song ever. Oh, really? Very, very Check it out. Yeah. Highly, highly suggest you listen to it. You'll get a good laugh out of it. Great. Man. Um but anyway, Young Kang goes to Apocalypse and says, I need to get to the future. Um, so Apocalypse goes, I'll help you get to the future, but I'm not going to give you a time machine to do it. You're going to go a long way. So what he does is he puts him into, he turns him into a sarcophagus and makes sure, uh, make sure that he, he doesn't age and that he's conscious the entire time. Uh, so he no kidding. exists from ancient Egypt all the way up to modern day. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Apocalypse. But he comes you. out. 
He gets uh, he gets released from his sarcophagus in the '60s, just in time for Captain America to join the Avengers. And uh, he knows he's like, all right, I, I've studied the history of Kang, so he knows that Kang fights the Avengers at this point. Mm. So he shows up because he wants to kill Kang and replace him. Mm-hmm. So he shows up, and lo and behold, his plan works. He shows up, he kills Kang. Actually, does he kill Kang? Hold on. Yeah, he does. He kills Doctor Doom. Shows up also. There's, there's oh, a big a, fight. It's a party. Um, young Kang kills young. Young Kang kills old Kang, and then Young Kang goes back in time. But, this way it's really complicated. He goes back in time to Egypt, takes the place of Ramatut, relives all the events that had just happened, where his younger self shows up with Ravona, mm. uh, and he takes Ravona away. He doesn't kill her. But he makes his younger version think that he did kill her, so that way everything kind of stays on track. So complicated. I was going to say this sounds really complicated. <laughs> and then he finds, and then, and then, and then the Fantastic Four show up and kick his ass because he forgot all about the mm-hmm. Fantastic Four. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, and then issue three ends off with him um, meeting Ravonna again at a different, at a different timeline. So I think it's very interesting. Uh, I think there are parts of the book that I that I didn't need to read because a lot a lot of the mm. times are just rehashing stuff. Right. Um, but it's not bad if you've never if you know nothing about Kang. This miniseries is going to be a perfect primer, and it's for such a complicated character. It's uh, uh it's got, seems to be covering everything. So it does sound complicated, but does it all make sense when you read it? If you don't know anything about Kang coming into this. I'm sure you're going to struggle trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I I have years of comic reading, so I know about Kang and, what's, and what his deal is. Right. But if you're a new comic reader, if you're just a kid, let's say you're like a 12-year-old kid. It's like, yeah, hey, I saw him on Loki. I want to read this thing. You're going to be like, what am I reading? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> or maybe I'm just underestimating what young comic readers can, you know, will like. But I just feel like it's, mm. it's a little heavy. Right. So. It sounds anyway, like it, yeah. I liked it so far. Uh, Paul, before I give it a rating, did you have any opinions on the book? Um, No, I'm pretty much on board with you. I mean, if you don't know King, you might as well break out a whiteboard. Yeah, pretty Keep much. Track. <laughs> Keeping track. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, started reading comics about around the same time, I'm thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, if I didn't know character then i'd be like right up there with them freaking like what the hell is this mm. i tell i tell everybody who comes into the store that 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 t- tells me that they like kang but they don't know much about him i always tell them to go listen to that song i mentioned because that <laughs> right. song is all about is all about somebody trying to explain kang to somebody else and that's what makes it super, <laughs> super funny <laughs> well like well, when when it first when it first started coming out and i i would i I came up, came into the store, and I go, you know, did Kane come out yet? You know, I put it on my subscription, and you and you and the uh, you and Byron are like, well, you're like the first one, if not the only one that wants it. Yeah, I think you and I were the only people that had one of the subs. But mm. <laughs> it's one of the things that I think is kind of neat too is that Kang's mask or helmet. He's got those two lines that go down his face. That's so part of his helmet. Oh yeah, they kind of yeah. give you the origin, the origin of those two lines. Really. Because when he was in prehistoric times, he got initiated into a prehistoric tribe for helping a girl there, and they put face makeup on him, and that face makeup was the two lines on his face. Now, now would you say would you say would you say that girl 
Would you say that girl in the prehistoric times, wouldn't that be Ramona? I would think that she was too, but she, she, she supposedly died, but she could be, she could be somehow moving through time with them because she's obviously time traveled once already. So incarnation of like a female incarnation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a, I had a point and I just thought, um, yeah, he's got, he's got more freaking personalities in, uh, Moon Knight for Christ's sake. Okay. Know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the I like the Ravona version of Moon Knight too. Her costume was pretty cool. Paul, I mean, not Paul, uh, Derek. Her costume was very reminiscent of Moon Knight's, but um, she wore like a giant bird skull on her head, which mm. is kind of neat. Almost like a duck. Uh, yeah, right. You know how they would have like. Yeah, like the during know, they, during the plague times. Yeah, yeah the death. They would have. Yeah, was a skull. It's kind of cool. All right, so. I'm only going to give this the average, which is four. Um, it's good. It's not knocking it out of park, not, not knocking it out of park for me right now. But the effort that they put into the book, as far as trying to give Kang a timeline and the art, saves it a lot for me. Uh, but it, I'm just going to call this an average book. So four gets. So it sounds like if you really, really, really want to know about Kang or read about Kang, it's worth reading. But otherwise, it's not really. Yeah, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think it's required. It's not essential reading at all. But right when this finished, like two weeks after this finished, a new book came out called Timeless, which Paul probably bought already. Yeah. Uh, it's a one shot, as far as I know, that it follows Kang. So they're, they're doing some sort of event. They, Marvel does this every once in a while where they put out a book that kind of like r- runs around the Marvel Universe and kind of touches every, mm. every title out there. So you know what you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I haven't read that yet. I'm going to read it as soon as I'm done. I only have two issues left. It's five issues. This mini series is five issues. So the other two aren't out All right, yet. So right? you, what's that? The other two aren't out yet. Yeah, yeah. No, they're all. Oh, so finished. you're I just have, slacking? I my comments, oh, I okay, yet. I see. Okay. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> slacking. How many previews, there, buddy? I am. This is what the same amount issue. I'm calling measured reading, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're pacing ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I thought the I thought the artwork was fantastic. Oh, and Kang, yeah, it was very nice. The cover art's really good too. So nope. pleased with that stuff. So not, usually I don't buy usually I don't buy like variants, but a couple of them I did pick up. Yeah. So Paul, do you agree with Dario's assessment? I liked it a little bit more than him, probably. Mm. So I I give it five. Wow. All right. Someone's going to like it. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, that someone would have to be Paul. (laughs) Okay, so on to my next book. I don't have issue one here, so I might forget what happened in issue one. But it's again, it's another miniseries. It's from DC Comics, and it's Mm. called Justice League Incarnate. Justice League Incarnate. And this is... The if you happen to be reading the Infinite Frontier miniseries like event that's happening, it's part of that. So Infinite Frontier happened. That was a four or five issue miniseries, which I'm not going to go into. Um, and then immediately after that was that? Justice League. What's that? Did you do a review of that? Infinite? I don't think I did. I've read issue one, but I and I get I've been trying to find. I'm going through my collection to find the other issues because I want to read it all. Mm. Um. 
but I, I've only read issue one of Infinite Frontier. I think Paul reviewed Infinite Frontier I, Zero. He did, right? And oh, it was it was an over the shoulder. <laughs> it was an over the shoulder, baby. Oh yeah, it was over the shoulder. That's right. <laughs> anyway, Injustice League Incarnate is, is the Justice League team that's formed from heroes of the multiverse, and their job is to protect the multiverse and all dangers that could befall it. Uh, they're stationed on, on one of the monitor satellites uh, that is in the bleed. That might be getting too deep in the DC lore, but bleed is a, is the space that exists just like outside the multiverse, so they can access anything if they wanted to. Mm. Um, so members yeah. of Justice League Incarnate are Thunderer, Aqua Woman, Mary Marvel, Dino Cop, <laughs> Superman. Pre- uh, President Superman, I should say. Um, Thomas Wayne Batman. So that would be the Flashpoint Batman. Mm. Um, Captain Carrick. I, he was saving, I'm saving him for last, man. Saving him for You're last. Welcome. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> Doctor Multiverse. Mm. Uh, there's a new Flash whose name eludes me. I, I'm just going to call her Flash for now. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, Paul Spoiler, Captain Carrick. Why am I reading this book? Because Captain Carrot's in this book. Let's just be honest. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Carrot wasn't in this book. I wouldn't be reading it. <laughs> Not with that lineup. <laughs> it's actually, this, this is actually a really, really, really good book. Um, really? The basic gist of the first issue that I don't have in front of me is that there was another multiverse crisis. That that just finished up, and that was the oh sure that storyline. Those happen every other day, you know. Right, they mentioned that a lot. The <laughs> death metal storyline finished mm. up. Um, the DC universe got kind of rebooted again. Just about everybody knows. I mean, all regular people in the universe now know that a multiverse exists, so it's common knowledge. Oh really? Um, <laughs> and yeah, and um, the Justice League incarnate is stationed to protect everything. But there's a tear, there's a tear in the multiverse that absorbed Barry Allen because Barry Allen is always t- closely tied to crisis stuff. Mm. So mm. they're trying to save him, and they're also trying to repair this tear in the multiverse. And Doc, not Doctor, what's his name? Darkseid is actively trying to use the power of the multiverse tear. All right. So this tear is jumping from world to world. So they have they have to figure out what universe it's in and go there. So like President Superman and, and Flashpoint Batman go to a world and they fight a guy that's kind of like um, – who's the uh, the Marvel version of Darkseid? Uh, Thanos. So they go to a universe and they fight a guy that's kind of like Thanos mm-hmm. because they can't use Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. So um, – Is he purple? Yeah, I think he was purple. I can't remember. But I know he was supposed to be their answer to him. So Darkseid shows up and they get in a big fight. And so this is a kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of DC saying that Darkseid could kill Thanos because Darkseid wins. <laughs> and uh, so um, that happens mostly all in issue one. And then at the end of issue one, um, Orion from the New Gods shows up on the Justice League Incarnate space station and Calabac and their sister, whose name eludes me, um, Grail show up to try and take over that place. So that's going on in issue one. Um, now, one of the key things about this book is that, again, I keep forgetting to go over the creative team. Let's hit that creative 
mm. team real quick. Joshua Williamson and Dennis Culliver are the writers. Now, this is just about what I was about to touch on. There are multiple artists per book per in this entire book, in this entire series, because whenever they jump to a new world, they have a different artist stylize what that world looks like. Oh, that's pretty so cool. When they go to a horror universe, the, all the art is very much like um, basically horror-like. Who's the guy that did Dead Man for a while? I want to say Kelly. Kelly Jones? Was it Kelly Jones? Kelly Jones? Yeah. So when they jump to this horror universe in issue two, it's all very much like Kelly Jones art. Um, oh, in issue three they jumped the oh my god paul then in issue three they jumped to captain carrot's world and they meet the zoo crew <laughs> oh man it's all, all, it's all just like that <laughs> uh. and then this is the this is the uh the kind of like kelly jones horror world art going on there if you can see that at all i know it's dark in here oh no that's cool um but anyway the main goal of the group is to try and re repair this tear um so issues one and two, they're kind of chasing chasing the uh, the MacGuffin, and in issue three, the team gets broken up and they try and reteam. Um, but one of the things that happens in issue three is that President Superman and Doctor Multiverse, who is uh, a girl that they're kind of starting a romantic relationship, they get stuck on something that's very. They don't call it Earth Prime, but it's very much like Earth Prime. And if you don't know what Earth Prime is, Earth Prime is where there are no superheroes. There are no powers at all. Like everybody who writes comics comes from Earth Prime, so essentially it's the, it's the, so it's basically it's us. the world we live on. Yeah, the only so, one, the only one yeah. Prime is that not knows Superboy Prime, right? But they don't mention him at all. Um, and in fact, I don't think they call it Earth Prime anymore. They call it a different number. But so President so, Superman and, and Doctor Multiverse are trapped in Earth Prime, and then the ones that is hardest for them to get because when they get to Earth Prime, they can't use any of their powers. Because there's a there's a special you know barrier around that universe that keeps them from using powers, so they're trying to figure out how to get out. President Superman decides, well, if we write a comic and get it published, then it's a known fact that comics that are written here affect the worlds that we come from. So they're figuring if they can write a story, get it published, then it'll be a clue for their friends to come and get them. Mm. And that's essentially what they do. <laughs> they. They get a job working with DC Comics. They pitch a storyline. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> so DC pretty much full circle in their own book. Yeah, yeah. But but in the <laughs> President Superman mentions that time moves differently in this universe. So oh, they're stuck in that universe for like almost a year trying to get this book published. Mm -hmm. But time in the comic universe is like way different so it's only been like a couple of days in the comic book universe so my question is in the comic book that they create okay yeah why don't you just close well why don't you just close the tear nah see here's the thing they're they're writing the story that's happening they're writing the justice league incarnate story mm -hmm. and the their editor uh, um president superman tells their editor the complete truth he says we're superheroes from a different dimension and this guy goes okay i believe you he goes, I'm going to give you a job. You can write this book. And as as they're pitching this issue, they get a they get, they get a, a text from their editor. And he says, you're coming to the office because I have some notes I want you to change. I want you to make sure that Darkseid wins this. And they're like, what are you talking about? So they're like straight up saying, Darkseid's not going to win this because we know what we write will affect that universe. So it's not going to happen. And the guy's like, don't worry about it. It's just story beats. The bad guy's going to win. So the good guy 
so the good guys can 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 fight through a harder harder uh, you know obstacles and then ultimately win at the end. And as I was reading the book, I was looking at the character and I was like, I bet you this guy's dark side because his hairline was way up. Oh. And he, you know, he had this kind of like sharp beard. Right. And then their friends showed up to save them. And right when their friends showed up, their editor goes, finally, and he gets up and he turns to the dark side. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to get them to rate the dark side one, so he'd win. <laughs> so, so the editor, all right, dark side. Mm-hmm. If you really take it in the in the content, I bet you his name is really Jim Shooter. No, oh. it wasn't. In fact, I think it's a, I think it's actually a named editor. Let me take a look. Like I don't know all the editors at DC, but I think it's I think it's one of their guys. Uh, Yorick Saxman. Does that sound familiar to you at all, Paul? I mean, or, or Derek? Nope. Yorick Saxman. It's gonna be a made up name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Yorick uh, sounds too close to Elric. <laughs> <laughs> So, and if you're wondering why Darkseid was in that universe, it's because the reason why they got separated is because they were having a big, big fight with the tear, and it was an explosion, and everybody got sent to a different universe. So that's how they ended up getting scattered. Um, so this issue ends with uh, Darkseid essentially winning uh, because of the stuff that happened in the written comic. And there's another cliffhanger. It's only a five-issue miniseries, and I'm on issue three. I think it's a lot of fun. This... Uh, this multiverse stuff can sometimes get overly complicated, but this kind of harkens back to Silver Age stuff for me, especially when they, especially when they do the the Earth Prime stuff and they're interacting with DC editors. I like that stuff. Mm. So it's sort of like the old Marvel comic. What the? Oh yeah, yeah, I like that. So when they do the bullpens and stuff, I want to give this a full gauntlet just because it's got the Zoo Crew in it, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's for me it's better than average. Uh, the fact that they made it they made an effort to uh, make every world look unique is a huge deal for me. I think it's better than average. Um I really want to give it a higher, I'd rather give it a six, but I think a five is really where it should be. Give it what you want, but so I'm gonna give it a fair review. I think five <laughs> is a fair review. I think a uh a six or a full gauntlet is my my personal review. Five point two for the zoo crew. <laughs> they get, I don't know. I just want to. Not only were the zoo crew back, but they brought back little cheese. If you know who little cheese is, <laughs> don't laugh. Oh, Derek, you like this? Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Captain. When they went to go save Captain Carrot, Captain Carrot was stuck in the Image Universe. That's where <laughs> Dino caught. Cop comes from because they can't use Savage Dragon, but it's Dino Cop. Oh, okay. But all of all of Jim Lee's characters, all of Jim Lee's characters are in this. So the Wildcats are in it. No, and Wetworks is in it. Oh, and really? they, they have this team called the Nimrod Squad, which is basically Youngblood, but they oh, can't use Youngblood. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to read this. I'm so gonna have to read this. <laughs> Oh, I love it. That's, that's awesome. Me. All right. And my very last book that I need to review today is from Marvel Comics. And it's a Star Wars book called Crimson Rain. Oh, this yeah. Time I'll get the credits right. So the only thing that's going to slow me down is trying to find them. Here we go. They're five pages in where they belong. Exactly. So Crimson Rain is, Crimson Rain is published by Marvel. And the writer is Charles Solette. 
or soul, S-O-U. Charles Soul, yeah. Well, he will say soul. So it is soul. Yeah. I've interviewed artist him. Is so. Steve, artist is Stephen Cummings. The It's colored by Guru EFX and is lettered by VC's Travis Lanheim mm. with a lot of different cover artists mm. from all over the place. Mm. So this Star Wars event, it's a miniseries. Is this number takes one? Takes place immediately after. It's number one. Okay. Yep. Takes place immediately after the events of the Bounty of Hunter War. The Bounty Hunter War? Thank you. I was going to say the Bounty Hunter event, but I didn't remember what it was called. Yeah. And the Bounty Hunter War was I everything that happened. What was it? War the Bounty well, Hunters? Whatever. Well, Boba Fett was trying to deliver Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt. Mm-hmm. I did not read that because I feel like the the kick the can storyline of who, who's got who's got Han today storyline mm-hmm. didn't really entertain me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, I like, to, I like to think that Boba Fett took him at the end of Empire Strikes Back Went right to Java, said, here's your bounty, give me my money. And then Boba Fett just hung out and partied in his palace for five years, however long <laughs> the time is between. <laughs> so anyway, in the Bounty Hunter Wars, one of the big things is they reintroduce Kira from the Han Solo movie mm-hmm. um, into the comic universe. Yep. And she is the head of the criminal organization Crimson Rain? Crimson Dawn. Dawn. They're called Crimson Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. And so this continues that. And it's her bid to strengthen her position in the criminal underworld of the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. which I feel like there's really a heavy focus on right now and pretty much all their all their properties. Right. Uh, and what got me to want to read this is they're, they're, they're talking about how there's going to be appearances from Darth Vader. There's going to be appearances by the, by the Emperor. There's going to be appearances by key characters in here. And I just wanted to see where she, where they kind of put her into the canon timeline now. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So generally, I feel like this is an okay book. Uh, it's 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 sta- it's pretty standard. It starts off with her, um, like, introducing all her ragtag groups in, that, are part, that she wants to become part of Crimson Dawn. So she invites the Knights of Ren to join them, which is I think is cool because we're at least learning really? a little bit about the Knights of Ren. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yep. She invites a group called Karath Kar and the Orphans, which I had never heard of them before, but they're just some mercenaries. They're in the next episode, in the next issue. Look at the back of the book, Dario. After Crimson Rain, it says it's going to go to Darth Vader, then Bounty Hunters, and Dr. Afra. Oh, you talk all oh, this big ad, the Assassin's thing? Yeah. Because yep. uh, issue two is not out yet. And then there's a group called Death Stick, and then, I don't know, I think a person called Oshi of Bistoon, uh, Margo and Triana, and then a character called the Archivist, who is going to be her kind of right-hand woman. She looks very much like she's been touched by the dark side. She's very, very, like, goth. She's extremely goth. (laughs) Yeah. She's got a funky-looking hair, man. Yeah. At first, I thought she was one of the witches. Um, She's the one one telling the story. Yeah, she's telling the story. Um, But basically... Kira wants to – Kira tells everybody in her criminal – or at least these people. She goes, this is my plan. I'm going to take down – we're going to we're going to solidify our position of power here, and we're going to take down the emperor. The emperor sits at the top of this pyramid and makes sure, make sure he's the only one up there. And he's got all these other people working for him. And it's his – she, she says, he's the reason why the Clone Wars happened. He's the reason why this is that. He's a, she tells everybody she, he's a Sith, so she knows who Sith are. Mm-hmm. Well, she, she beats we came right out and said that because 
all the bad stuff in the universe is caused by the Sith. Right. Pretty much. The Empire, the Emperor, right. Jennings, just said that. Boom. And I don't know if she told if she told them that she learned all, all this because of Maul, because she worked for Darth Maul. Well, he wasn't called Darth Maul anymore. She, he worked for Maul. Right. Um, or if she was just telling that to her archivist. So, but she she confided in somebody that she that she learned a lot of stuff from Maul. Mm. Um, so here is not a Sith, but and I don't think she has force powers. But I mean, we we've I seen if you saw so, Han, yeah. Han Solo, she knows how to fight, right? Right. Right. So anyway, this whole thing is her trying to bring down uh, or start a war between between all the criminal. Uh, criminal organizations. So she sends all these people out to all the other, all the other like families. Says we can help you out, and then she sends her own people to hit all those families and frame all the other families. It's like the Godfather. Mm-hmm. And yep. so now there's this big war between all the criminal organizations. Mm-hmm. And um, issue one ends with the archivist um, um, making notes about how this is Kira's like last adventure. So like they can, she they kind of hint that maybe she might die at the end of this. I'm not too sure. Um, and one of the things I don't like about this is that they're running this through all the Star Wars titles, and I didn't like that about the Bounty Hunter War. Of course. So they are. if I'm going to read this, I want I want I want to feel like I don't have to go hunt down Darth Vader, Bounty Hunters, talk to Afra, or any of these other Star Wars books. But I would rather just have the miniseries. It's they're Star Wars books, so you should automatically be reading them all already. I like I like the Star Wars comics. You but I don't should want to have to automatically be reading them all already. You should automatically be reading them all already. I don't know if Vader came out, but I know Bounty Hunters and Afro are out. They're and they don't to, um... they do not have a banner on top on top of the comics saying Crimson uh, Crimson Rain. Now in this ad, they show the covers and they show that there's a banner on top of each book, mm. but the, the regular published book doesn't have that. So if you don't Maybe know, not. and I looked at the Dr. Afro book and I'm like, I don't see any connection to this miniseries besides the fact that the archivist shows up at two panels. Mm. So, um, they're supposedly bringing Dr. Afra into one of the live action series at some point. I know, I know. We all wonder. I mean, based on a certain appearance of a certain episode of Boba, Book of Boba Fett, we'd wonder maybe is it going to be that that show? Maybe, quite possibly. Did you say you didn't? Have you not seen Book of Boba Fett? You didn't see it, right, Derek? Of course, I've seen it. He said he. All right, good. I just wanted this to make sure that you're on top of your game, your Star Wars game. Anyway, For crying out loud! I do a Star Wars podcast. I have to watch it whether I want to or not. <laughs> What would I rate this book? Um, I feel the art's very good, so I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast of characters, I think, are very interesting. I think this book has a lot of pot- potential. Um, for a standalone issue, without having read the overall miniseries or the event, I feel like this is still just average. So I'm going to give it a four. But when it's done, it could be great. Like One of the things that she does when she's visiting all the crime crime bosses is that she goes to – I can't pronounce this, this group. You know Prince – Prince Zizor, the guy that was in yeah, the Prince Zizor, yeah, right, yeah, uh, Zizor. So yes, she goes to his. She doesn't see him, oh. but she goes to his people. Cool. So I'm like, oh, that's one more step closer to having him back in canon, which is cool. And he, he said, "Give him my regards." Right. 
Cool. Very cool. She so points- it gets a four for now. Overall, one issue review gets a four. Now, when this whole miniseries is over, it could be a full gauntlet. Right, right. Or it could be one. But right now. Right. Right. Or over the shoulder. Or over the shoulder. <laughs> over the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Stuff review. The artwork, the artwork reminded me of um, the Joe Jimenez. Yeah, well, I think okay. um, his art is a little yeah. bit more, a little bit more refined than this. This is but it's more. It, it's not as good. It reminds me. It's like a, a kind of similarity. I can see that. I can definitely that's, see that. I mean, that's what drew my eye to it. And then, you know, like you know, I read the book. And I'm saying, wow, this is going to be pretty. Like Davio said, it's either going to be good or it's going to be crap. Right. I kind of wish the cover artist did the whole thing. Uh, who's the cover artist? Lentil Francis U. His name's not Lentil. What am Neil I saying? Neil Francis U. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, lentil soup. Yep. Get it yeah, out of the way. Lentil guy. Yeah. Uh, right. Sure. <laughs> At least I knew better. I immediately said his name. What am I saying? His name's not that. <laughs> All right, those are my reviews. Thank you very much. I did my reading. Okay. Uh, oh, was that a shot? <laughs> was that a shot at me and Paul? <laughs> <It's> always- <laughs> so, hey, I read two out of the three, all right? So you're in the cellar all by yourself there. Yeah. Chuckles. Yeah, but you didn't review them. Do you, here's a little side, a side thing. Do you guys organize your books? And if you do organize your books, mm. are you on top of it? Yes. No. Ooh, you do organize your books and you're on top of it. So that means if I were to go to look at your collection, we bagged, aborted, and alphabetized. Yes. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Paul. I don't believe you. You got to get some more. Charges. Hmm? I am actively attempting to do this project, and it's a very long term project. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> I I'm not- do sometimes, but I am definitely not caught up on it. I'm in the the only okay. I can't. All right, I'm ninety eight percent caught up. I haven't read Detective in a while, and I just I I got them all bagged and bored. Right. But I just haven't read them. Right. I try not to bag and board comics I haven't read yet, so that way I know I need to read them. But then when right. I fall very far behind, and I start to see I start to see curl. Even in a box, we'll get a curl. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel I need to board them. Um, so. I have a box of stuff that I have a box of stuff that I know I have to read through, and then I've I've organized all my independent stuff except for the newest stuff I bought, and I've organized all my Marvel stuff except for like the last two months worth of stuff I bought, and I'm now working on DC, so I, I'm making progress. But I've got boxes everywhere in my house. Yeah. Um, Listen, I'll be right back. All right. Here is another question for you: Do you keep everything you read? Is that the end of your sentence? Yes. Okay. Do I keep everything I read? Yes. Unless I unless I feel like it's way overvalued and I want to make money on it. Here's an example. The Mortal Hulk number two. Mm. It suddenly spiked in price. And I said It did? That's dumb. I put it on eBay and I made eighty five dollars. Wow. For the book that I spent three dollars on. <laughs> Why did it spike in price so much? Absolutely no reason. There's a character called Dr. Fry in it. For some reason, everybody was losing their minds over this character. The The book's over. It was a 50-issue run. Right. Dr. Yeah. Fry, I did show back up. Nobody cared. 
Um, I have no idea if the book held its value or not, but I, mm. when I saw that book was going up in price, I couldn't even imagine why. So I put it on eBay. I let it, I let it, I let it just go on a bid and they, they auctioned it right up to like $85. And I was like, that is insanity. Um, also, when I found out that all my like first four cop, first four issues of something like something is killing the children spiked because they're making a TV show. There's a reason for that. They're going to make a show on Netflix, I think. Oh, really? Um, I, I sold those away. Hmm. So what about something? Let's say let's say you bought an over the shoulder book, which for the people who don't know. When I throw it away? Yeah. Is they going to ask me when I throw it out the window? Yeah. If it's, uh, very rarely do I do that. If it's a box, if it's a book that you hate so much, you would just toss it over your shoulder. Would you keep it or throw it away? Or do something else I keep with it? it. I, I, I cannot bring myself to throw away a comic. Um, mm. But that being said, when I was forced to move at one point in my life, mm. I had to throw some comics away. Mm-hmm. And I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only time I've ever, I've ever thrown a comic in the trash. Right. I'd rather give it away. And I have right, right. in my time, giving away long boxes to people that I regret because that was giving away money that mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was giving away. Mm-hmm. Like I took out everything that I knew was worth money, but stuff that wasn't worth money then that is worth money now. Yeah. Let them learn. I try not to, I try not to dwell on that too much. I think one of the, one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever had to do was I had to throw away an entire box because it got uh, water damaged. Oh, that's different. If it's water damage, I, I, you can't. You just can't keep it. Right. No. Yeah. But that's mold. I, that's everything. That's all. That's just. Yeah. That just oh, broke my heart because I know some of the books that were in there. Uh, I had the. Um, the original Rocket Raccoon miniseries. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's a good book. And some other stuff, and it just uh, broke my heart. Broke. I bought, a, I bought two books. I bought two books this weekend. I bought uh, Marvel Comics, Scooby-Doo No More, <laughs> one, and... Uh, Marvel Comics, Scooby-Doo Number 1. Yeah, I didn't even know Marvel put out a Scooby-Doo book. It came out in like the late 70s. I never would have guessed. It came out a long time ago. And uh, I bought an old, an old issue was Doctor Strange. You know, when he, uh, when he, when he, that short period of time when he decided to wear a mask, I got the issue where he first puts on that mask. Oh, oh that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I got that in one. I got that issue in one of the, um, the essentials. Yeah. Yeah. To answer you your of, question. What's that? To answer Derek's question. Yeah. Um. Right now, I mean, I the ones that I don't want to keep, I put in a box mm. aside from my collection. Mm-hmm. Normally, normally, like in the spring, we have um, we'll have like a flea market or whatever. Oh, and you sell them at the flea market? And I just sell them at the flea market, either at either at cover price, mm. or I'll you know, or I'll do like you know, mm. three for five or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Just so I can get rid of them. Hmm. See, that's what I would do. Um, I, I, ultimately, there's stuff I don't want anymore, and I feel right. like I, I would have to sell it in bulk. I would have to be like, here's a whole run of this, here's a whole run of that. Right. But since yeah. I would do it on eBay, it makes it a little bit less less friendly because people don't want to pay shipping and all those stuff. So I don't, I'm trying to figure out the best way to part with some stuff. Right. I do right. need room. So the way I've dealt with needing room. What do you got? Some, 
I'm buying, I'm buying less new stuff and I'm buying right. more old stuff. But when I say That's more right. old stuff, I mean, I'll buy a couple of really cool back issues here and there instead of like a big stack of new stuff. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of this, I mean, honestly, I haven't been impressed in the last 10 years <laughs> with new stuff coming out. I mean, honestly, I probably shouldn't be buying the stuff I just reviewed. This small, this stack of books I have right here. I mean, right. I probably shouldn't have bought these, but I love comics. <laughs> I, <don't> know. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're on the same boat. That's my problem. <laughs> I just spent, I spent, again, oh, maybe like 20, about $40 getting caught up on the um, Star Wars oh. Bounty Hunters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. It's something I like to read, so I can, you know, mm-hmm. if it was like some random thing, I'd probably it'd still be sitting on the shelf. It doesn't, if it doesn't yeah. catch my eye, I don't bother with it. Right. Well, here's that. I mean, let's go. Let's go back to that doc, uh, Doctor Strange. Let's go back to that Ghost Rider book coming out. All three of us are interested in that Ghost Rider book. It's mm-hmm. gonna come out. We're all gonna read it. Mm-hmm. Yep. If it sucks, we're gonna be like, eh, I'll try next issue, see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Well, I really, really, at least. You know, if yeah. it's an ongoing, if it's an ongoing series, I'll give it like the first, the first storyline. If and then I will, then I'll decide whether I'm gonna keep it or not. Yeah. If um, so Ghost Rider is one of my favorite characters. So even if it sucks, I'm still gonna stick with it because you know I'm a glutton for yeah. punishment. Unless yeah. it's, it'd have to be really, really bad for me to give up on my ghost. We all lie. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a comic adaptation a comic of the book first book. Nicolas Cage oh, movie. Oh, no. And then they spread it out over the course of five issues. The Hasselhoff one? <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> What about Ghost Rider and Hasselhoff? What? No, uh, he was, I think I no. he was a man. Don't you ever make in front of the Nicolas Cage movie? Uh, That'd be cool. Have a team up, have a crossover with uh, Ghost Rider and Night and Night Rider. Nope. <laughs> no, 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 not cool at all. No, oh no, it'd be right. cool enough. It'd be cool enough to see Derek and Payne. Oh. That's what I'm weeping. Now let's move on to this thing. Major pain. See all that whole thing. The whole thing with your little terror on Nightwing is coming back to bite you in the ass. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, my friend. <laughs> I got some good man. All right, so let's get into our off-the-shelf book. Hey, you got a different cover than I do. This is uh, I don't know when this came out. Oh. I got the Alex Ross cover. Is it an Alex Ross cover? Well, I have. I did mine digitally. I did the digital digital version for the purposes of this podcast. And what are you squinting at, Paul? You got the book? You trying to show me the cover? Yeah, hold on. Why? Those out there who can't see. Oh, that's cool. So it's the same cover. Oh, no, it's not even the same cover. It's the original issue one cover, but with Alex Ross. Sorry. Alex Ross did it. That's cool. Oh, man. I think, this, I think this trade was published in 99. Yeah, this trade was published in 99. So. All right. So. Um, we all have Who would like to cover the book this month? Would you like to do it, Paul, since it was your Let's choice? talk about the creative team. All right. 
first of all, um, hmm? I mean, we can all do it. I mean, we've all read it. Well, sure, but somebody has to lead the way. All right. So I saw this saw the model model secret wars, and I said, "Hey, want to check this out?" <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. It says Marvel superheroes on it. All right. So <laughs> we are this month. We for our arf our our arf. <laughs> our off-the-shelf book we are doing oh yeah i have the digital copy has the alex ross cover very cool we are doing marvel superheroes secret wars uh issue one through four of the 12 issue series um and you know we're gonna cover it over the next couple months uh so this will be one for one through four and it was written by Jim Shooter, everybody's favorite comic book hero. Um, you go to hell. And if you don't, kids, if you're too young to know uh, the story of Jim Shooter, oh boy, um, look into it. <laughs> you're in for a ride. Yeah, you, you're in for a ride. Look into Jim Shooter if you don't, if you're not familiar <laughs> with him. Um, pencilers Mike Zeck and Bob Layton, inkers John Beatty with Jack Abel and Mike Esposito, colorists are Christy Scheel and Nell Yomtov, letterer is Yomtov. yeah, letterer is Joe Rosen. Good. It was edited by Tom DeFalco. <clears throat> now, um, and then depending on whatever verse you have, that yeah. cover. Oh, I have the digital version, so I have every cover. Um, mine also. Do 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 you guys have um a prologue in yours? I got. Yeah, I don't, what I have shows all the uh, the two page endings of the books. Yeah, uh, yeah, almost all of them. Right, where they all go running into the arena. Yep. Spider Man, Fantastic Four, Hulk, oh. Avengers. It's there's a there's a introduction. By Tom DeFalco in mind, that I don't know if yours has, that mm-hmm. basically talks about how this so this was closely tied into a toy line that they wanted to make. So they were approached to make toys. Yes. And then thereafter, then they were said we would like to make a com- we would like you to make a comic to tie into the toy line, and that's mm-hmm. what this was. Right. Basically, the the whole this whole thing was to sell toys. So keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So well, it kind of it kind of fed itself because the, the comics came out first, and they never really had toys besides Amigo and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then when Toy Biz came out and said we want to do these, mm. then make an event. And this is also the first major crossover in the Marvel universe. Yes, so it has this that going for is it. Predated by contest, of, it's predated by contest of champions, though, isn't it? I think contest of champions might have come out first, but that's not considered. Yeah, something something like that. Yeah, but this is cons- that was just a mini series, wasn't it? This is considered the first big crossover. But yeah, you might be right. I think contest- I think this is the first maxi series too. I yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah. So uh, basically, the basic story of of Secret Wars is that um. M- a lot of the, not all of the Marvel heroes, but a, a large chunk of the Marvel heroes uh, were swept away 
into this um world, I guess you could call it. Um was it a world or was it a universe? I, yeah, that's what I was yeah, that's what I was trying to that's what I was trying to wonder about. So they right? all they the all converge was- they all converge in cent- Central Park because they all see this giant arena appear and they all go in at different times, mind you, not at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they all get teleported to another arena in the middle of deep space and un right. Own galaxy. Right. Um, Cause it started with Spider-Man. Yes. And they're, they're all brought there yeah. by a character called the beyonder. And um, a couple, there are some interesting things about, that about secret wars that came out of secret wars for example um it is in secret wars that we get the original spider-man black costume which Mm -hmm. would eventually come out to become venom and then spread out into like two million different symbiotes so many i can't even keep track of them all but it all started here in secret wars So let's get into it. The first issue. All right, I get distracted by trying to find out if Contest of the Champions came out first. <laughs> so it did. So it did. right. It did, right? Yeah, it's yeah, yet, it's very expensive right now, too. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And yet we didn't do Contest of Champions, did we? I don't think we went over it. That's a fun one. We should do that at some point. Yeah, we can. Um and yet all right. Secret Wars is considered the first big crossover it is sorry is so we see one hmm? is that just in marvel or is that like marvel and dc marvel and dc i think right. hmm. i'd like to make a note that on the spot in the beginning of the spider-man <clears throat> you know going into the arena mm-hmm. uh-huh. it looks a lot like ditko mm. has a similarity of ditko uh ditko's act Oh, you mean the prologue? Yeah. That's Klaus Jansen. I know, but um, what I'm saying is it, it looks like... You like it? You say it's reminiscent of Dicko? Right. That's like what it. I'm trying to say. So we should probably just say that we're only going to cover the first, what, four issues or three issues? Four issues. Four issues. First four issues? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. You want to do... Well, do you guys want to do... I mean, I'm, I'm halfway through four. Yeah, I mean, we could do four. Like I said, we've I've read this a hundred times. I can I can take a few breeze through this like it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. Um, a couple things to note. First of all, Iron Man in this book is not Tony Stark. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, the Avengers consisted of um, pretty much a regular team of Avengers that modern readers might be familiar with, but uh, characters like She-Hulk are on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Mockingbird, Mockingbird is not on the team, but there's a character called Captain Marvel who now goes by the name Spectrum, who, if you happen mm-hmm. to have watched the mm-hmm. WandaVision TV show, is the Monica Rambeau character from that show. Yes. Um, um, and also Storm Storm is a, a bitchin' mohawk. Yes. <laughs> um, also of note, although Mockingbird is not technically on the Avengers, she did just get married to Hawkeye. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and the Hulk is intelligent. He's not Professor Hulk, but... Oh, no, I, I think basically he's Professor Hulk. Mm, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a fine line. 
is and uh, it's kind of funny because when all the heroes show up they're like oh what's going on they all appear in this arena they're in deep space trying to figure out what's going on <sighs> and then they're like all right all right everybody let's do a roll call and then they go oh yeah <laughs> So we get um, so the teams the, that are there. We get the Avengers, the X Men, the Fantastic Four, Fantastic the Incredible Hulk, and Spider Man. So yeah, Spider Man and Hulk um, on the Avengers is like half the team. Half the team got got teleported, and half the team got left behind. Yeah, right. Um, so the Avengers is um, that are in this book. Captain America, Captain America, Thor, Hawkeye, the Iron Man is Wasp. is Road Rhodey Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then there's She Hulk, Hawkeye, the Wasp, and um, Captain Marvel. At this point, she's Captain Marvel. And we have the X Men. Mm-hmm. We have Professor X. We have Storm, Mohawk Storm. Um, Nightcrawler, um, whole uh, ugly costume rogue, <laughs> Cyclops with his head covered, <laughs> Wolverine, Colossus, Colossus, and Lockheed. Then there's Hulk and Lockheed the Dragon. Lockheed the yep. Dragon. There's Hulk, Spider Man, and then of the Fantastic Four, we have Mister Fantastic, the Thing. And the Human Torch, as Sue Storm was left behind. Was she pregnant? Is she pregnant? I can't remember. I think she was pregnant back then. Mm. She had a date with Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> you might be right. Uh, yeah, she might. Hey, they can have open relationship. They can have open relationships in co- comics too, guys. <laughs> sure. Hey, don't be so, right after they do the roll call, somebody goes, "Wait." Look up there, and they see another arena just like theirs floating in space that yes. also has an array of an array of characters in it, all villains. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Those and I like, are the roll call of villains, Derek. I like the the so the roll call of villains is um, done completely by Doctor Doom. So the uh, the the heroes all kind of you know the leaders of each team introduce themselves and everything, but this is all Doom, and I like what he says. He starts off by going, someone or something has spirited us across the universe. <laughs> so, we, and then he goes into the roll call. We have the Enchantress, Ultron, the Absorbing Man, uh, the Wrecking Crew, including the Wrecker, Thunderball, and Pile Driver, and Bulldozer. <laughs> uh, and then we have, oh, look at that, Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> uh and then we have the lizard which is like if you're gonna if i'm guessing they probably picked a lizard because they wanted to do the toy of him because if you're gonna do spider-man villains yeah and, and so he's spider-man's bad guy yeah right actually doc doc was there too he's Spider-Man's doc, bad guy. yeah too. um the lizard the molecule man who later on in in marvel continuity became quite a powerful character um Dr. Octopus and <laughs> Galactus of all people. And a, another note, hey, that when they they needles with the superheroes. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Magneto is with the heroes. Yeah, I was just gonna say he wasn't in either roll call, but he is over with the heroes. And this is the point where in Marvel continuity, 
uh, Magneto had joined the X-Men, but everybody who is not an X-Man or X-Men, not a member of the X-Men, still sees Magneto as a villain. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's why. So there we go. That's the roll call. That's your Secret Wars members. Pick your favorite and see if they win (laughs) or even fight. And after that. Like seconds after that, the entire galaxy that they're in gets swept away into nothingness. Yes. Yep. And then and from the, from the debris, a planet is born. Yes. What a lovely sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> and then people start fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this planet is welcome to battle world. Yes, this planet is battle world, and it was pieced together. Um, from other worlds, and uh, it's like a patchwork-looking planet. And uh, yep. there we go. So villains do what villains do; they start fighting each other. There's yes. a whole big thing mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ultron, whose goal in life is to destroy all life, just immediately is like, is immediately like whatever. There's life here; I'm gonna destroy it. So yeah. he starts <laughs> fighting all the other villains until Molecule Man throws him against the foot of Galactus, and then Galactus picks him up. So he doesn't pick him up. Galactus notices, kind of levitates. <laughs> Galactus Ultron right notices, and then he and then and, and then he has a little snack. He has a little snack, and he absorbs all the energy out of all the Ultron, and this leaves a lifeless Hulk. Hulk yes, I love that. So, my then, question is: When Galactus disappeared, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he takes off to go to confront the Beyonder. Right. Well, no, 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 no. Just when he got. Teleported with everybody else. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Yeah. How did how did not any of his heralds notice? The same reason why. Um, well, the same reason why things happen like 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 Professor X is in a wheelchair and he doesn't need it it's because that's what the writers wanted. <laughs> yeah. Do I mean? Do we know for sure that is none of his heralds noticed, or is it just? Well, I was gonna say. I was gonna say that I was. I was gonna theorize that he couldn't leave the universe, but he actually later on he summons his ship to him. Right. So mm. technically, that means that he could have summoned his heralds as well. So maybe his heralds are just messing around. You know, so his surfer likes to lounge around on his board. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Silver Surfer, what are you doing? Surfing, man. Surfing. So the Beyonder reveals himself, not in body but in voice, mm. and. Tells them all that he wants them to battle each other on battle on, on battle world, and that the survivor will be given will be granted his greatest dream. Galactus immediately sees Beyonder as being not quite as equal, but Galactus thinks he's you know more powerful than him, so he flies off to go just take what he wants right then and there. And Doom, being Doom, tags along because he wants to be involved with everything. Right. And Galactus kind of gets taken out of the picture right away because if you think about it, to have somebody that powerful on the planet right away. Way you need to kind of take him out of the equation pretty quick, right? So Galactus gets knocked out for a, a, a period of time. So it, it makes they, you wonder: did going, they just put him in there just yeah. to show how powerful the Beyonder is? Probably. I mean, who knows? They're probably just counting down a list of villains for Fantastic Four, and then, <laughs> like Galactus, <laughs> Doctor Doom. Um, there we go. <laughs> well, they could have put a Nihilus in there. <laughs> They have, um, I mean, they got Doom following them in a force field, mm-hmm. and then when when Galactus goes against the Beyonder, he gets Doom gets like blown back. 
or I, you know, be it right teleported back to where he was. You know, Doom, Doom. So they um, land on the planet. They get separated. Doom has a very and, big um, role in this series overall. I would say. Yeah, he sure does. Because it's Doom. Doom right. doesn't take. Doom doesn't sit back. And I like that. I like that. You know. So they land on the planet, but their only their only instruction is to kill each other. Mm. And the first thing that happens is a big fight. Mm. This is when I was a kid when I realized just how strong Magneto was because Magneto's like, I can fly by repelling the metal in my blood with the earth. Oh yeah. All the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't I don't think that's how he actually flies personally, but it's all magnetism, man. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I thought it was power magnets, you can do whatever you wanted. I always thought it was him dealing with the the magnetic um um of the planet the uh what the hell what am I trying to say the the, the magnetic field yes thank you jeez <laughs> talk about a brain fart but anyway so the villains find a headquarters right away um and the heroes are kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, they're kind of like standing in the, in the wilderness trying to get their act together. The villains are lucky enough to have been land, landed right near headquarters. Mm-hmm. And Doom shows up. Doom was late because he had crashed back to the planet with Galactus. So he, he finds them at their at their headquarters and, and is like, well, you guys are all idiots. I don't know why you're busy going through all this stuff. The heroes are right over there. We need to go kill them. <laughs> So he immediately just charges and attacks. And very shortly after that, all the other villains show up. So issue one ends with the the start of what's going to be a, the first big fight between the heroes and villains. Right. Who's the artist in this book? Mike Zek? Uh, Mike Zek. Yeah. Zek and uh, Waiting. I really do I really do love the art in the first couple issues. When it's just Bob Lane. I like Bob Lane, but it was just him. I feel like it's a little bit lacking. When it's the yeah. two of them, it's really, really stands out. Mm. Really wasn't all too crazy about the hour period. Really? Yep. Blasphemy. I mean, there, there were certain panels where, where it, was, it was good, but overall, if this wasn't a trade paperback, it'd be over the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> you can't over the shoulder secret wars. I agree with that statement. I remember when I was a kid and I thought I bought the first issue. I was so happy. Like, I was just like, wow, this looks cool. And I read it and I must have read it like a dozen times. I mean, it's not super complicated, but it's good. Mm. I would like oh, to. Oh, no, the story. I'm just saying the artwork. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I would like to point oh, yeah. out um, one thing about the artwork is if you look at the Hulk's um, prologue part in the beginning. And then look at the rest of the book. It looks like somehow the Hulk got a haircut. <laughs> I'm just saying. With all that, well, with all that planet, with all those planets going everywhere, and I'm sure he got clipped. <laughs> yeah, zinged right past his head. Okay, so issue two, issue two, not a whole lot happens. Jeez, oh, um, we're only on. There's two. the big huge fight. Um. <laughs> Galactus. Galactus gets up and walks away, and Galactus doesn't just doesn't just stumble to his feet. Galactus hovers to his feet. Um, yes, yes. And Doctor Doom and Doctor Doom goes back to the headquarters while the villains are fighting the heroes. And so big fight. Heroes, the heroes win. 
Oh, they just run away. Let's take a look at this fight real quick. Um, they're trying to regroup while the Hulk buys them some time. Oh, the heroes win. I think when they saw... The heroes um, win, win the first fight. They even take prisoners. When they saw Galactus hover off his butt, then they were like, oh, okay, we're out of here. <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. Yeah, no, the heroes the heroes beat them in the first fight and they actually take they take a bunch of prisoners and then they find a headquarters that oh, they describe as bigger than fifty-four and a half pentagons. <laughs> that's that's um than fifty-four and a half pentagons. That's quite interesting. <laughs> quite specific. Right. So it could be any size. We just know it's bigger than 54 pentagons. <laughs> and a half. So, yeah. I mean, that's a good way to, to generalize it. So, you know, the the Pentagon, you know how big that is, right? Sure you do. Okay, so it's like, that's like, uh, you know, 50-something of them. 54 of them. 54 of them. So, you know, you, know, figure, now, you can figure that out. Side by side or is it stacked up? Oh, now you're getting tricky, Paul. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh. So they go there, they kind of find that, make that their base camp. They imagine that the Beyonder left all this stuff for them. They lock their prisoners up and they start planning their next move. But in the meantime, Magneto decided to go his own way because the heroes weren't having it. And he was just like, whatever, I'm going to be gone. Mm. And he goes and gets his he goes and gets his own headquarters, which is almost an M, but it's not. <laughs> it very closely resembles kind of an M. <laughs> yes. It's a U. Yeah, but if you look at that middle, the middle piece, you can think that is the middle part of the M. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. That's why I said it's You can stretch it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> So the heroes are, are, are kind of, you know, figuring out what the next game plan is. So just like just like Paul said earlier, there's a lot of talking in this issue. A lot of people talking at each other, mm. and you know, Ben Grimm is kind of like bumming out because he is Ben Grimm, and Spider-Man is being witty. <laughs> but they, one of the things that they notice is that Galactus has just parked himself on a mountain and is and is busy. It looks like he's meditating or something. He's just standing there yeah. and trying to figure out what he's doing. He's waiting for the tablets from the Beyonder. Right. Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, so after a bunch of talking and a bunch of finding the headquarters and that kind of stuff, the last thing that happens is that Magneto shows up at the hero's headquarters. And does he purposely kidnap kidnap Wasp or is that just a side thing? I Let's take a look here. think it's just a side thing. I think. Lonely. Sure. He needs companionship. Mm-hmm. Of course. What the hell are you looking at? What page are you on? Uh, I don't know. Page two. Three. So Magneto showed up to talk. So Magneto showed up to talk to them, and they attacked him again. So uh, when he started to lose the fight, he took off, and he did. He took he took Wasp with him because yeah, he wanted to be able right. to talk to somebody. Yes, so that's that was what happened. happened. Yep. But one of the things. That happens. One of the key things that happens in this issue is that the thing spontaneously reverts back to Ben Grimm. Yep. He's like, oh my God, I'm human again. I'm so happy, but I'm stuck on this planet when I need to be the thing. Yeah, was there, <laughs> a, was there a reason for that? Or it just yes. kind of happened? There is a reason for that, but they don't explain it until later. Oh, right, um, right, yes. The okay. reason is, is that yes. he, he thinks that it's this planet that lets him do it, 
But we find out later on that he could have always done it. And all he had to do was try. Right. But he so spends that, an awful long time thinking that he, he can only do it on this planet. That's another thing that comes out of this series. What, his ability to change back and forth? Yeah. As short-lived as it is. Because mm, he, he yes. gets trapped with mm. Sadly, yes. So I'm going to step away and use the restroom for a quick second. Um, but when do you guys start issue three? I'll be back in like less than a minute. Uh, so, um, we got a lot of talky, talky, talky. We got the heroes kind of arguing with each other and fighting with each other. I think another thing is, um, most of the other heroes still kind of don't trust the X-Men. Right. Back in, well, in, I was flipping through it before, before the thing, before the battle between the, the heroes and Magneto, um, like She Hulk and the and the Wasp was talking, having a conversation, but then Cyclops was talking with Mister Fantastic. Mm. Seemed kind of civil, you know. Right. It's just that uh, a couple, like Hawkeye's a high head. Right. And so's and so's Cyclops. Mm-hmm. So when they started, when the Avengers, it's always been Avengers versus X Men. Right. So much so that they even did a series about it. <laughs> and why? Because of Magneto. It always comes down <laughs> on the Magneto. Of course. <laughs> I mean, how many times are you going to put freaking Magneto on trial? I know, right? Almost as many times as freaking Gene, Gene Grave keeps popping back up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe she ought to be called Kitty. Yeah, we'll call her Kitty Gray. Kitty Gray, Kitty I like cat. that. Yeah, <laughs> she got more more lives than a fucking cat. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, you're gonna be doing a lot of editing. Eh. Um, and it so that so there's some fighting and arguing amongst the heroes. They fight each other. Meanwhile, we go back to Magneto. Did you talk about the weird relationship between Wasp and Magneto? Who I at this was point is probably just about probably to get like to that. 85 years old. <laughs> yes. Um, well, so we get back to Magneto and uh, we see him talking to Dr. Doom and Dr. Doom is trying to recruit him. And basically Magneto says he is not interested in an alliance. Excuse me. I don't know what that was. But... <laughs> Then we see Magneto. <laughs> Magneto and Wasp talking to each other. Then all of a sudden they're kissing. <laughs> because <laughs> so uh Magneto tries to say that, oh, you know, I felt a spark when we looked at each other, and then he grabs her and tries to kiss her, but then, hey, uh, you know, she doesn't want to do it, but then, oh, oh, uh, I guess she does it, so, <laughs> so, so, this is, I love this, this one, so she says, oh, I, I guess, I suppose it's, oh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, come on. <laughs> And while that's going on, there's like a storm. Oh, yes. Yes. There's a storm. Doom become a little Frankenstein moment there. Oh, yeah. So Doom 
Doom grabs two humans that were trapped on the planet as well, because apparently the Beyonder took a took Denver there. Or Potter, yeah, I think he took Denver there. Yeah. So we got these two from Denver, and he creates um, Volcana and I want to say the name is Thunder, but it's not. Thunder. It is. It's not Thunder. Titania. Titania. Titania yes. She's going to be in the She-Hulk TV show. Yes, she is. So, um, so she's somebody who has lasted from also coming out of this series. Uh, did the other one, is the other one still around? Ooh. Um, Volcano? Yeah. Yeah. Her and, uh, the, her and the molecule man got married or have had a relationship forever. Now, oh, right. That's right. Yes. They just did a big, um, a rehash on Secret Wars. So I don't know if molecule man is still with her or not because. Right. She didn't show up, right? But she's still around in the in the Marvel oh, universe, right? As far as we know, yeah. Thunder isn't Thunder in the Absorbing Man on on Gamma Flight? Oh yeah, that's uh, right. not Thundra. Titania. 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 Yeah. yeah. Her and Absorbing Man are in Gamma Flight, correct? Yes. With Puck. With What's Puck. The puck? <laughs> oh, Puck. So it breaks down again to another fight between the heroes and the villains, basically because they go and break out the villains, break out the villains that were incarcerated by the heroes. Mm-hmm. But the key things that happen in this issue are the Wasp and Magneto kiss. Yeah. <laughs> that was so uh, weird. Spider-Man fights the X-Men because the X-Men nope. are thinking about going to join Magneto. That's what happens. So, Oh, right. Yes. The X-Men have decided they're going to leave the heroes and go join Magneto. Magneto. Spider-Man hears that, takes that as a sign of them flipping sides because he thinks that Magneto's a bad guy. So he attacks the X-Men. And this is, I think, the first time that I ever read Spider-Man fighting the X-Men. And he very easily defeats them. Like, he doesn't, like, knock oh. everybody out. Yeah. just But he's able to, like, take them all down, yep. down and take off. And avoid all of them. The only oh, thing that stops him from telling... The only thing that stops him from telling Reed Richards what's going on is that by the time he gets to read, Professor X wipes Spider-Man's mind. Ah. And it's like, oh, oh, I had a senior moment. Professor X. He's a slick one, that one. (laughs) And then uh, then the other big moment is the creation of the two new characters. And then that's basically it. Those are like the three key things that happen in Mm. this particular book. So then that, and you said that book, what happened? In short, I mean, they started. They started um, between Molten, uh, Molecule Man and Volcana, mm. but then you saw, then you saw, Saw released the Enchantress. Yeah, they want to so go they, spend Asgardian time together. Oh yeah. right, yeah. We find out that the Hulk's getting dumber again. Mm. Did they? Did, was there a reason Captain for Ed. that? I don't remember. Or did it just kind of? What for the Hulk getting dumber again? That's because yeah. they just wanted they wanted him to get dumber. That's basically what it was. And then, <laughs> sure, but I mean, like, was there actually a reason written in, or is it just there? I don't think there was a reason. Probably not. So who blows up the headquarters? So it ends. It ends with the hero's headquarters blowing up. But who destroys it? Um, hold on. I'm not sure. I think I think uh, not Molecule Man. I think the. The villains, yeah, the villains just blow it up. The, the ones because they they go in there, yeah, and they attack the heroes again, and they up. And the heroes are on the run; they're all limping and limping across the countryside. So when they all survive, 
five, but they're on the they're on the run. Mm-hmm. And Molecule Man tries to show off. And right now, just uh, we're we're going into issue four. Molecule Man wants to show off to Volcana, so mm. he's like, "Oh, I can kill them in a second. And he picks up an entire mountain range and drops it on him. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> which is actually a, kind of a key thing for their, for for this book because they kind of they kind of emulate that a little bit in the uh, the Endgame movie where the Hulk is holding up holding up the Avengers headquarters. Oh right, right, yeah, yeah. that's right. And and so that, that, what I was going to say, they kind of did that with with like the thing changing back to Ben Grimm. Mm-hmm. They kind of did that with Hulk, how he didn't want to come back out. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Similarity. Um. So then that brings us to issue number four, which is the cover, kind of an interesting cover. It's just basically the mountain on top of the heroes with the Hulk oh. holding it up. And yeah. it says, yeah. beneath 150 billion tons stands the Hulk, and he's not happy. And he's not happy. And he is not. He can happy. hold the mountain range on his back. But he doesn't like it. <laughs> but he can't find a cure. Oh. <laughs> that's like that's like saying that's like saying like the old uh the professor can make a radioactive can make a radioactive nuclear warhead out of two coconuts and a vine mm-hmm. and Gilligan can't patch mm-hmm. a hole in the boat. Right. <laughs> So, what happens in this issue? The big, the big thing that happens is that Molecule Man drops the mountain on him, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Everyone's like, all right, we won!" And they also the villains are celebrating. And then Thor shows back up with Enchantress, mm-hmm. and then the, the villains immediately pound on Thor and beat the crap out of him. <laughs> Not Thor. Oh, all right, forsooth. Thor does get away. But they beat the crap out of him. Oh, and. Doctor Doom revives Ultron and uses him as a as as a servant. Yes. Basically, the villain the, the the villains think they've won. A lot of the issue is the heroes trapped under that mountain. Yeah. Uh, and they the heroes do get out through ingenuity of science and strength. Yes. And they find a, they find a village full of alien people that can heal them. Mm. And I believe the X Men the X Men show up finally do join with magneto don't they or they they show up at magneto's place uh yeah the x-men join met join magneto so the x-men are not part of the not not part of the attack um because they had left the issue before so the x-men spend this spend this issue traveling to magneto and meeting up with them and then wasp takes off wasp is like i'm not making it with anybody else and she takes off yeah (laughs) (laughs) with anybody else Uh. That was too much head no poor, poor Wolverine. Poor Wolverine. Poor Wolverine. Does all, does all the work and never gets the girl. Mm. <laughs> True. Or he ends up having to put her down. Well, you know, um, what, what can you say? You you can't fight Magneto's magnetic personality. <laughs> oh, animal magnetism. Oh. Oh. Guys, are so cool. Oh, that hurts. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. Anyway. All right, so that's the first four issues. What do you guys think? Um, one of those one. Hey, even in even in 
in the Secret Wars, Johnny Storm is a whore. Oh. Wow, he doesn't do anything in the book. That's on the next issue that he starts sleeping around with the alien girl. Oh, yeah. This is, as right now, he's just chilling out. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Secret Wars is a funny thing because it, it's kind of an important thing in the history of, of Marvel. But there, there are things about it that are not so great. Um, and, and uh, you know, there's, the hour. Yeah. there's some fun things about it too, but I don't know. It, it's a tricky thing. It seems like there's holes here and there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Well, God, if we ever talk about, if we ever talk about contests and champions, that's got holes in it. I mean, they screwed the whole thing up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should be called holes of but champions. The, uh, I mean, this was the, this was their first their first miniseries of this size and this magnitude with all the heroes and all the stuff, and then they've also wanted to have lasting impact. Like there was a whole it's a whole big thing. It's like all right, which it does. It has lasting, lasting impact. impact here. What's the lasting impact? Only lasting impact was Spider Man suit. Well, no. Then you had like you said, ben Grimm. the yeah Ben Grimm, and there are things. It doesn't have like a like. You know, it's not like Secret Secret Wars changed the entire Marvel universe, but there are things. I mean, the Spider Man's black suit is is I would say it pretty was, big it was a because point where it set other other major storylines into motion. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like the black suit. Mm-hmm. But that's it. I think that's it. I mean, there's other stuff that happened, but that's well, the biggest thing that yeah come out of this. Yes, yeah, certainly, yeah. But it it is a pretty big thing. I like the I like the miniseries. I've read it more than once. This is probably like at least a fifth or sixth time. Yeah, I've read it. Uh, I've actually done a podcast on it before years ago, uh-huh. and it's good. I like it, and I'm gonna enjoy talking about the rest of it. Yeah, um, yeah, which we will cover in the next issue, couple issues, uh, episodes. Excuse me. <laughs> what are you gonna say, Paul? I'm um, just looking at cover five, and it, it looks like the the action finally picks up. The action picks up. There's been at least three huge fights, and a mountain dropped on our heroes. <laughs> they, they, how's that it for picking up? Bad, more exciting. Uh, okay, I'll give you the mountain. <laughs> and you had Magneto kissing the wasp. What could be better yeah. than that? <laughs> Oh, it was so a romantic weird. scene for all the romantic readers. <laughs> if you really think about it, it kind of shows Magneto not as a villain, mm. but more a, a protector for his people. Oh, this is the big change. This right. is in that right. era, era actively trying to change the way he was written. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Right. Enough to speak of this. Let's move on. All right. So that was what? our. Look at the first four issues of Secret Wars for our off-the-shelf segment. Now, um, we'll just quickly get into a couple of things that... um, There's been a few interesting things that have come out uh, during the time since our last episode, uh, including... uh, So the things we want to talk about are uh, the Book of Boba Fett series the hawkeye series and the spider-man no way home series um movie (laughs) series 
So let's start with the Book of Boba Fett, which there have been two episodes released. Uh, so what do you think? I like it a lot. I think the pacing's uh, a little off for some people. I like. I think the pacing's fine. Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, but I like it. I like um, it. Yeah, it's interesting. I think. I think when it's all said and done as a whole story, it'll probably be really, really good. I think episodically, right, it's it's, right. it's it's not for everyone's tastes. Right. But I think the whole thing will be really good. So, one thing that's interesting is. Um, one of my co-hosts on on my other show, Keepers of the Fringe, Chris, um, he actually he said a, uh, a good thing, which is interesting about the first episode. He said, you know, people complaining about the first episode, it, that's like somebody complaining about, you know, reading the first chapter of a book and complaining about the book. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> you've only read the first chapter. <laughs> I kind of like I kind of like the first episode because it showed you how mm. how we got out of the pit. Yeah, I liked it too. I thought it was good. I like everything. I like everything about both episodes. I also even like the betrayal of the Tuscans. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. Although having a having a little lizard crop your crop your nose into your brain is a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, hey. a little weird. Yes, a similarity of when. When Jim Morrison went out into the desert, <laughs> everybody's got to go desert and wander the desert. Well, that's what you do, man. Days that, that's what you do. They can't see us. We're in Boba. the spirit world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but so, um, we can actually, so we can safely say that Boba Fett is the new wizard king. <laughs> oh, there you go. But uh, I doubt Jim Morrison ever had a lizard actually go up his nose. He probably did. <laughs> well, all, all the stuff that he's done. Come on now. Yeah, he probably yeah. did. <laughs> Quite possibly. Come but on, yeah. Derek, you're better than that. Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I'm I'm happy with Bo- Book of Boba Fett so far, and I'm really really excited to see what they do with it and what, what um, by the end of it, what it will add to the star Wars mythos. All right. Um, next up, let's do the Hawkeye series. And there is one main thing I can say about the Hawkeye series to sum up how I felt about it. And that is that um, initially I did not care at all about the Hawkeye series. Uh, I, I didn't find Hawkeye, the MCU Hawkeye, that interesting of a character. I was really not interested in seeing a series focusing on him, but I, I loved the series. I have to say. That was really good too. It was, it was really good. You're going into negative. So I figured you just gonna. Right out, hate it. No, it. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I could see where you would think that, but no, I actually, I it won me over right away, like immediately. I loved it. I really liked how they handled Kate Bishop. I think, uh, I think that was she did great. It's great to have her. Character. I like Echo a lot. Echo, Echo was, was cool. great. Yeah, I think Yelena was a big standout in the show. Oh, I love Yelena. She's awesome. Yeah, I I really she was, bring, the best, she was when they the brought best. Kingpin in. 
Yes. When they brought Kingpin in, I literally clapped. Yes, I know. I was so yeah. excited. Oh, they said, Thank you so much. and they they didn't. And he actually, you know, was a part of it. He wasn't just a uh, like he didn't just have a cameo. Right. He wasn't. Right. He wasn't an Easter egg. Yeah. Exactly. Um, they pumped up his power level, though. A lot, I think. Oh, they definitely they made him a did. Star yeah, they definitely did. And then they killed him. So you know, that's all we'll see. <laughs> He's not dead. You don't see a body. <laughs> when they pan away and you hear a gunshot, that's nothing. Yeah, Sometimes no. we told you if there's no body. You know what was pretty cool, though? Is when uh, it explained, you guys still there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, visually, I lost you. Oh, but, you um, yeah. Wait a minute. Let me see if I can get you back. Almost there. Here we go. But, um, the whole thing about the watch for mm-hmm. Hawkeye's wife. Oh yeah. Whereas it explained, I to me it explained that she was an operative and she worked for Shield. Right. Maybe that's how they. Apparently, that's that was Mockingbird's watch, and they're trying to say that she was Mockingbird without. Even though, even though we had Mockingbird in the Agents of Shield series. Right, but now that could be an multi. That could be a multiverse for all they care. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Well, if you're gonna go down that road, are you gonna say that Star Wars is a multiverse in the in the Marvel universe now? That what's her name is like is Boba Fett's right hand man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's sure. a multiverse, man. Anything can happen. Yeah, man. Anything. Yeah, but like I said, overall, um, I had no interest in the Hawkeye series, but. It's a Marvel series, so of course I'm going to watch it. And uh, it's, it's you know, I loved it. I'm I very happy it. with it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Very, very happy. Mm. All right. So uh, finally, let us talk about the movie I was waiting for for a very long time. And that is Spider-Man No Way Home. Let's just insert a standing ovation. Yeah, I want to thank you guys for, like, including me. <laughs> oh, we all saw it separately. Did you see it, Paul? No. You still you haven't see seen it? it? I haven't seen it yet. I've been working. All right. Well, <laughs> then we won't give any spoilers. Yeah, yeah, how you how you doing? Oh, that's how good. can you not spoilers by no, now? We won't. We won't. We'll just basically give our thoughts on it. Dario, standing ovation. I guess you liked it, huh? That was great. It had a lot of funny parts in it. Had a lot of had had. I don't know. It just. I got choked up in parts. Paul, you know all the villains that are in it by now, right? What? You know all the villains that are in it by now, right? Um, let's see. There was Goblin, Doc Ock, Sandman. Pretty much the Sinister Six. Okay, so for me, William Dafoe is the Goblin. Uh, took took the show, and he. Uh, he proved that he was not only a great actor, but he when he plays the Goblin, he is the best uh, freaking villain. Amazing. He kicks Spider-Man's ass. <laughs> <laughs> he kicks his ass. Amazing. He was so amazing. I have a newfound respect. Which I mean, one, he was great in the first Spider-Man film, but mm-hmm. yes, this- but which Spider-Man butt did he kick? Uh, the Tom Hall. All three of them. <laughs> man. Yeah. Um, okay. But, um, yeah. yeah he, he fights he all just, three of them. He, the Tom Hall, and he kicks his ass. He just took it to a whole new level in this one. He was just uh, amazing. 
just amazing. I mean, people say, you know, I think Dario said it best that you have to stay, you have to stay for the whole, throughout the whole thing until they kick you out. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, that's absolutely. a Marvel movie. Of course you do. Although, technically, I guess you. But all the, I mean, just going back and bringing all those goings back was great. Yep. Um, the only thing that was weird for me was Sandman because that's like, yeah, it's obvious that they couldn't the actor. So they were just like, right. we'll just have right. him do a voice. Right. And it was on CGI. Mm-hmm. And the one time that they show him as a human, and I feel like it was a, it was a scene that they plucked out of a different movie because it's very awkward. Yeah, very um, awkward. Maybe they maybe they did what they did like in Mandalorian two with Luke. Maybe. You know how you know how they they did they something had, like had, that. Yeah. Yeah. And they digital on the face. Mm. The only the only other thing is. They kind of didn't do a whole lot with the lizard either, but eh. yeah, he didn't need to be in the movie at all. Yeah, but other than I want to uh, see, I want Morbius though. I don't. What's that? Morbius. I don't. I don't expect much from Morbius. I I don't know. We'll maybe if I hear it's good, I'll see it. But I don't. I'm not expecting it to be too good. Morbius sounds amazing. My laptop battery is getting close to dying. I get ten minutes before it dies. I think I can plug it in. Well, that's all right. I do want. Uh, I do want to see uh, Doctor Strange, though. Oh yeah, yeah. that's going to be so. The good. trailer for the new Doctor Strange movie is available uh, online if you want to watch it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. One thing I liked about it is when he went to go see Wanda, and she was like starting to try to apologize or whatever. Yeah, she's so like, like, "Oh, hey, hey, hey yeah, think about." <laughs> Think about the, my TV series there. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, Sorry, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about that. Um, I need your help. <laughs> that was great. Nice. Um, so I guess we'll we'll uh wrap it up here. I mean, we loved, absolutely loved Spider Man. What else is there to say? Except, uh, here's what I'll ask you, Dario. Um, where would you put it? In in the Spider-Man movies, as far as you know, numbers. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, does Marvel does does uh, Captain America: Civil War count as a Spider-Man movie? No, just the Spider-Man movies. Okay, this is straight up Spider-Man's. Right. I'm ranking Spider-Man movies. You don't have to rank them Tony all. Tobey Maguire just... Spider-Man number one. Ah, the first one. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man two, number two. Hmm. Then what came after that? Then after that, I would have to say the first Tom Holland Spider-Man. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And then I would say this newest one would be next. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't matter after that. The, oh, yeah, the Richard yeah. Garfield ones are dead last. Yeah. I hate those. <laughs> Although I gotta say, Garfield, Tom, what's his name? Um, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Yeah. I will say they kind of redeemed him a little bit in this in in this one. I mean, those movies are still crap, but mm-hmm. he was good. <laughs> those <laughs> movies are just are just crap. He's, <laughs> Basically, he's not good. yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah, he's the worst Spider-Man. When he came on screen, I was like, "Whoop, dee doo." <laughs> and which, how would you put it high in the overall Marvel movies? Um. Because of what it does for the Marvel like universe, and as far as the multiverse goes, I'd put it behind Endgame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like my my favorite Marvel movie 
is uh, probably Winter Soldier mm-hmm. out of all of them. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, uh, Infinity War and Endgame are really mm. good. And that this Spider-Man is really high up there. I like yeah. that, too. Yeah, me too. So me too. Five. Yeah, I'd probably say it's number five. Cool. All right. If I'm going to assign it a number. <laughs> oh. Number five three is number five. I will say it's the best of... Uh, Without a without a doubt, it's the best of the third Spider-Man films. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was pretty easy. <laughs> All right. Well, um, there you have it, kids. I mean, if you're like Paul and for whatever reason you haven't seen Spider-Man yet, you know, get out there and see it because it's worth it. And uh, I I would have, but you know, all my friends. Uh, what i'm sorry i didn't hear that anyway um yeah no yeah actually yeah, honestly you, you selective hearing honestly i did completely forget about that plan so i apologize for that you should have reminded us paul i blame paul for not paul Reminding you blame Derek. Paul. I didn't hear you chime up about it there, Dario. Me? I, I did. I just every time I, I tried to say something, you got you to interrupt me. Hell, Dario was the first. Dario was the first one to rush out to see it. Yeah, no kidding. I had to. I went out to see it the Thursday. It came out. There's no way I was gonna let some some Jamoke walk into the store and spoil it for me. Oh. Call you. Gonna call you. That would have a cinema whore. <laughs> that would have led to some physical violence. Paul, are you just wandering around your room, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> lost. Much. He's lost. So this is like the Paul action cam. Before I leave, I want to show you something. Huh? Yeah. Oh, boy. You're walking in circles in your room. This thing's about to get X-rated. Oh, God. I got these for Christmas. Right here's the first one. See that? Oh, that's awesome! Ah, uh, is that an ornament? That's an yeah, ornament, huh? It's a Hallmark. It's a Hallmark ornament. That's cool. The fourth, the Tom Baker Doctor Who, and here's the second one, and a Tom ah, that's cool. ornament. Oh, yeah, nice, excellent. Wait a minute. That's the best theme. Yeah, I love that theme. So, so, so yeah. So, right. so any uh, any last notes so, before we sign off? No closing remarks. Aside from the fact that I need to get a, I need to get my charger for my laptop. That's it. All right. <laughs> so that'll do it for us. Well, uh, for this month, huh? When's the release date for Doctor uh, Doctor Strange? Not till May. I don't know, but. May 6th. There's a thing called the internet. It's coming out May 6th, which I know because that is my wedding anniversary. So. uh, I'll be down in Florida. Oh, so I guess we can't do Doctor Strange then. Anyway, so uh, that's going to be it for this episode of the New England Society of Geeks podcast. Presenting the monthly comics cast, the first one for 2022. We thank you all for listening. 
we hope that you all have a happy new year, a happy year this year. Hopefully 2022 will improve over the last couple of years. And uh, Paul and Dario, thank you all for joining. Thank you both for joining me. And until Nightwing is granted with the spirit of vengeance and he gets his own flaming skull and motorcycle, good night, everybody. Good night. I hate you. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else?